All right, so today we're gonna uh, do some TikTok reaction videos, and it looks like the videos they have queued up for me today are feminist dating videos. And you know, the way this used to work is that uh, my producers would, we're doing some kind of TikTok reaction, they'd say, well, do you wanna react to uh, these kinds of videos? And I would say yes or no, but at this point, they don't even ask me anymore because I think they know that I'll just say no. Uh, because I'll, if they said, well, do you want to sit there for 10 minutes and react to feminist dating videos? I would say, I'm not, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't care if it's good content. I'm not, I'm not going to put myself through that. And so now there's no conversation. It's just uh, the videos are put up in front of me. And, and here we are. So we're going to go through uh, some of these videos of feminists talking about their dating experiences and giving dating advice. Go ahead. Why do you think men care about a woman's body count? Do you? People actually care about that Men in general. If a man is asking my body count, he can get Who gives a Oh my god, that's so stupid. People actually ask that Yes. You Okay, well then you're talking to the wrong man. If a man is ever asking you about your body count, you're talking to the wrong man. And he can get Like, that's so stupid. So, get so, can I ask you this then? Yeah, sure. So, what do you think about the analogy if... One key can open many locks. It's known as a master key. As opposed to if you have a lock that can be opened by any key, it's a lock. I think that if a, if a woman is an analogy to you, then you're not ready to be talking to a woman. And you should probably get So if a woman is a key to you, talk to your mom. Talk to your sister. Talk to your cousin. I don't know. Get a real life. And get Thank you. And a woman is not a key. Thank you. Um, so, a few issues here. Red flags. If you're a, a single man looking for uh, the, the woman of your dreams and someone that you might want to spend the rest of your life with, uh, this, this is not going to be it. Before we even get to the content of what is being said, when you, when you come across a woman who cannot say two words without dropping an F-bomb... He can get Like, that's so stupid so, yep. go go the other direction like as fast as you can uh that's gonna tell you everything you need to know about her and and yeah now it's also bad if there's a man who can't say two two words without saying an f dropping an f bomb it's worse for a woman though um it, it just is Fuck you and that's also advice for women in general like if you if you are having trouble finding uh a man you might want to think also about how you're presenting yourself how you're speaking and you see there the problem but then we, we look at the content of what she's saying. If someone even refers to it as their body count, body count, of course, if you're an old uh, fogey like me, maybe you aren't familiar with this lingo here, but body count means the number of people you've slept with. You ain't even trying to compare body counts. Well, uh -huh, uh -huh, should I keep going all day? I'm, right, I'm right, out, right. I'm out. Now we call that body count. If you're talking to someone who even uses that phrase to describe their past sexual encounters, it doesn't matter what the number is. Again, go the other way. So it could be if you're in a dating world, if you're a man talking to a woman, it's a good thing maybe to ask her to say, uh, what's your body count? Because if she says anything other than words to the effect of my body count, what? That's, what are you talking about? That's not how. Like if she reacts that way to that question, it's a good sign. If she drops a number, oh, here's my body count, starts talking about her body count, bad, whatever the number is, it's bad. I can think of nothing of a more dehuman, it's like, it is literally dehumanizing, okay? Now you're just referring to, they're, they're not people, they're not people who you had a, a sexual encounter with, it's, uh, it's, it's not that, they're just bodies, right? Body count, that usually means dead, they're usually referring to people who've been killed, so now you're imagining this 
dead bodies in your wake. That's the kind of like image that comes to mind. So someone who speaks that way is already another big red flag. But yes, uh, no matter how we put it, if you're talking to a woman who's had many random sexual encounters, then uh, then yeah, that's not someone who you want. You know, it's look, people can be reformed, they can change, they can go through like a conversion experience. People can change. We have to allow for that. Well, if it's going to help end all of this madness, I'll allow it. But um, a woman like this, especially who doesn't even want to consider the possibility that it might be wrong to conduct yourself this way, well, then you know that tells you everything you need to know about her character, her her self respect or lack thereof. Just. Before you even get two two words into this, we've got you know fifty different red flags. Uh, all right, let's go to the next one. Do you reach for your purse on the first date? Yes, always, to show my fake kindness. <laughs> you know better. No, I don't pay for any first date. You asking me out? You, but you don't even do the. No, like... I'm not gonna pretend. No, you know what it is. If the date is like a hundred dollars. You'll be fine. Oh, you mean, you you think that I go to a restaurant on a first date? <laughs> You're assuming that I date men that would take me to a restaurant. Yeah, but my hand never, like, gets to the purse. Yeah, you don't touch. I don't touch it. I, like, play pretend, and then I'm like, oh, there, and then they pay. Yes, of course. I do it. It's like a guilt thing. I always reach to, like, show them. Well, okay, the other day, I dug around in here. I felt my wallet, and I just kept <laughs> digging, and he was waiting for me to finish digging, and then he finally just paid, but I wanted him to think I was nice. Yes. And then, I, of course, they pull it out, and I say, oh, are you sure? The are you sure is good. But if they don't pay for it on the first date, just the first date, I say no second date. I just think that's weird. Third date, we can start talking about that. What? So you, okay, first of all, you, you, you expect them to pay on the first date, but then by the third date, you could talk about them not paying. So you want them to be less invested as the date, as time goes on. Should it be the other way around, if anything, that on the first date when they don't even know you, like they're they're not going to pay. And then, but then as you start to have a relationship, now they are paying. Wouldn't it, wouldn't you expect that to be the way that that evolves? Oh, he's the Captain Obvious guy. <gasps> but in, in general, I'm an old fashioned person. I believe in chivalry. I believe in all that. I believe in gender roles. I do. Gasp. Yeah, I can say. I think in you know all things being equal, uh, it makes sense for the man to pay. But you, as a woman, cannot expect that. You cannot demand that. You have no right to be disappointed if you don't get it, unless you also believe in chivalry and believe in gender roles. What you cannot do as a woman. Now here's some real mansplaining. As a woman, pointing at you, you cannot recoil at the very idea of gender roles, but then expect them to pay. Because guess what, Cupcake? That's a gender role. So you can't, you know what? I'm going to discard all the gender roles that have to do with me, but then expect the man to still abide by every gender role that will benefit me. That doesn't work. You don't get to do that. Y'all can't have it both ways, man. So if you want to be an enlightened, progressive, feminist woman who I don't believe in gender roles, men and women are exactly the same, then pay for your own damn meal. That's it. You can't expect a man to, you know, it, it, it takes two to tango. This goes two ways. Gender roles do not just apply to one person. You don't get to, you don't get to uh, get rid of all the gender roles except for the one where you get to have a free meal, okay? No. So if you are a traditional-minded woman and you comport yourself that way uh, and, and um, you fulfill your end of the bargain, you know, part of being chivalrous for a man is to be a man of dignity and a man of, uh, who, who, who commands respect and acts in a respectable way, if you also are that way as a woman, which means that you're not dropping F-bombs, you're not talking about your damn body count, 
Guess what? If you have a body count that you refer to that way, you are precluded from having anyone pay for a meal for you. You're not, you're not that kind of woman. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. But if you comport yourself with dignity and you believe in tradition, you know, you believe that men are men and women are women, and that's how you act, and you expect, and you want to find a man who has those same values, great. That's perfect. That's the way it should be. But you got to, you got to do, you got to, you have to hold up your end of the bargain. You just do. In the not-too-distant past, private citizens used to be largely that, if you can imagine, private. What's changed? Well, the internet changed. Think about everything you've ever searched for, watched, or tweeted on the internet. Now imagine all of that data being crawled through, collected, and aggregated by third parties into permanent public records. To keep my data private when I go online, I use ExpressVPN. There are hundreds of data brokers out there whose sole business involves buying and selling your data. They don't even have to tell you who they're selling it to or get your consent either. One of these data points is your IP address. Data harvesters use your IP to uniquely identify you and your physical location, but you can mask your IP address with ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN reroutes my connection through an encrypted server that makes it more difficult for third parties to find me. If it sounds complicated, it's not, because all you have to do is just tap one button on the app and then you're protected. So if, like me, you believe that your data is your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market, Use my link expressvpn.com slash WalshYT to get three extra months free. That's expressvpn.com slash WalshYT. Dating apps, the place where we all go because we're living in a capitalist hell where we have neither the time nor the sense of community to actually meet people IRL. Hi, it's Celine Chica. Let's unpack the downfall of society one Tinder bio okay, at a time. Cut it. Stop it. Stop it. Uh, she said, we're going to unpack. She said, let's unpack. So we're going to move on from that. I, I have no tolerance for this. Let's unpack. The moment you say that, I tune out. I don't care what you're about to say next. You could be, you're, maybe you're about to unveil the secrets of the universe. Maybe you have a cure for cancer. The moment you say, let's unpack. If you said, if you came to me and said, I have a cure for cancer, let's unpack it. I'm going to say, get, I don't want to hear it. Get out of my face. Get out of my face. I'll get inside your face. Here's why dating as a feminist feels impossible sometimes and what to do about it. I'm Lily, a top matchmaker turned intersectional feminist dating coach. And this question right here is so important. Hi, Maggie, new friend. We DM'd about her question. Let me read it out to you. I took notes. So you're feeling apathy, like dating All right, apathy. stop it. This is already taking too long. I'm already bored. Just go to the next one. Did you know that the happiest demographic of people is women over 30 without children who aren't married that live alone? Welcome back to part two of things I learned from my feminist mother. You <laughs> do right. not need to get married. My mother was born in 1952. For the first 22 years of her life, women were not allowed to have their own bank accounts or credit cards. This changed in 1974. Thanks to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. When I was a little girl, I was obsessed with Disney and the idea that somewhere out there was a prince who was coming to rescue me. Each and every time I would bring up this fantasy, my mother would quietly and gently remind me, sweetie, it's okay if you never get married. She told me that marriage was not all it was cracked up to be and that happily ever after was more often an image that people painted rather than a reality. And now, thanks to that lesson, I fall into the demographic of the happiest people on the planet. Oh, what a shock. I am shock. 35 years old. I live alone. I am not married, nor have I ever been married, and I don't have any children. Mm. It's pretty fantastic. Shocking. Oh, yeah, really. You're, you're exuding happiness. funny when people reference All right, pause it for a second. 30. Maybe... See, the Prince Charming never came for you because, uh, because you, your hairstyle, you look like a My Little Pony. So that maybe maybe you hadn't done that, then you would have had the Prince Charming. Uh, can you imagine this? 
I didn't even want to make fun of her really because it's it's like she had no chance in life. You got a mom. When you're a little girl and you're watching the uh, princess, you know, movies as all little girls, like my, my own three-year-old daughter is going through the phase right now that in my experience can last for like three years where she only wears princess. I have not seen her wear anything but a princess costume for the last four and a half weeks. She wears it to bed. She wears it. She will not wear anything else. But you imagine going up to a little girl, watching the princess, you know, is into the princess thing, and then saying, you know, um, uh, you know, that's 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 not real. You you won't be you won't be happily ever after. In fact, in fact, little little child, you'll be better off living alone and dying alone. That's what would be good for you. So she claims that the happiest demographic are middle-aged, single women who live alone, are the happiest. I guess this is one of those, what's the source? Trust me, bro. That's the, I guess this is one of those situations because there's no, it's all like, it's, it's hard enough to measure happiness. And so anytime you hear a new study indicates this or that about happiness, happiness, who's happy, who's not happy. It's just like, it's impossible to actually measure that scientifically, especially across entire demographics. What's the level of happiness in this demographic? It's not possible to actually do that in the first place. I mean, the only way you can even begin to measure happiness is to is to is to interview, ask people, survey people, and say, "Are you happy with this?" Survey says it tells you what people will say about their happiness. And so, if this is true, I don't know what study she's based. Let's just pretend she's basing it on some study that found that uh, single middle-aged women without children who live alone are the happiness. Let's pretend there's some study that says that, and probably there is because the study says anything. What that tells you is that single, middle-aged women without kids who live alone are the most likely to tell you when you survey them that they are happy. But that doesn't mean that they actually are. And in fact, in this case, we're pretty sure that it doesn't because they have a vested interest in insisting that they are happy. They want you to think that they're happy because they don't want to publicly confront their own unhappiness. And it also, it isn't this is where we can, we don't need a study. We can use our own common sense and our own understanding of human nature to know that um, it is very, very rare to find. I can say it's impossible. There's all you know. People are there are some there are some people who have a vocation where they're called to, you know, uh, to be hermits living in the woods somewhere, writing the next great American novel. I don't know. Like those kinds of people exist, but for most people, um, happiness is shared. It is something that we find um, in our relationships and especially our relationships with our families. That's how we're human beings. This is how we are meant to be. Um, and so when you reject that, you are going to be lonely and you're not going to be happy. So instead, you'll dye your hair pink and blue and you'll make TikTok videos insisting otherwise, which is, you know, that's the number one indication that someone isn't happy. If someone is on TikTok saying, I'm happy, that's the least happiest person that you'll come across. So.